What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Keeps. Listen, fact. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. I experienced multiple forms of hair loss by the time I was 30, all right? So I am the example that proves the rule. And more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Now, there's only two FDA-approved medications that can help prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both of them. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep the hair that you have. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and, medica- and medications get delivered straight to your door every three months so you don't have to leave your home. Keeps is affordable. Treatments start at just $10 per month, and they offer generic versions of those two medications. All your products come in discreet packaging, and we know that there's proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors. And the thing is, guys, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months, so you want to start early and consistently. Act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com, slash tire to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps.com, slash tire, to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S.com, slash tire. We are also brought to you by Policy Genius. Spring is here, everything is blooming, and it is the perfect reminder to get your house in order. I literally have clean the house on my list of things to do when I get home from work today. So why not get a head start to that organization by revisiting your home and auto insurance with Policy Genius? They've saved re-shoppers up to $1,055 per year on their home and auto coverage. It's over $1,000 you could use on whenever home improvement project you've got your eye on. Here's how you get started. Go to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and about your property. Then Policy Genius takes it from there. They compare rates from over America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find your lowest quotes. Then Policy Genius team looks at all the ways to maximize your saving, including bundling your home and auto insurance. And if Policy Genius finds a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. And that kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across over thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So while you're gearing up for that spring cleaning, don't forget to dust off your home and auto insurance insurance policies with Policy Genius. Reshop your rates and you could save up to $1,055. Go to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. And of course, car show season is back, everybody. The summer is coming. I can feel it. And the Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is kicking off car season right with its first event of the year at Texas Motor Speedway this coming weekend, March 12th through 14th. The LMC Truck Spring Lone Star Nationals will have over 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display along with an autocross, burnout competition, and a vintage dragster exhibition. 
While Good Guys events welcome American vehicles 1987 or older, late model domestics are welcome to come out on Sunday to show and drive as part of All American Sundays. Tickets are on sale now. Children six and under get in for free with plenty of family-friendly activities throughout the weekend. Go to Good guys.com to find tickets and get more information about the show. That's good-guys.com good-guys.com to get tickets and get more information about the show. This weekend Texas Motor Speedway March 12th to 14th. And lastly, we are proud to be brought to you by Tradecraft Farms, the official cannabis provider of the Smoking Tire Podcast. Whether it's THC or CBD, you're after funky, weird, cool joints made of gold and roses or all kinds of delightful pen products, along with some of the best packaging in the industry. Tradecraft Farms is where it is at, guys. I'm not asking you to start blazing. I'm not asking you to start taking CBD. I'm not even asking you to buy anything. All I'm asking you to do with this advertising block right here is give Tradecraft Farms, and that's Tradecraft underscore Farms, a follow on Instagram. Maybe leave a comment on their page and say, Matt Farris sent me. Their Instagram is real, real nice. Their photography is very good. It's a classy joint. It's not going to, like, trash up your feed like some of these other providers I've seen out there. It is not like that. I am all, all, all in on this brand. They've got locations in California. You can check it out, one of their retail spots or ask for them at your local dispensary where these things are legal in the civilized world. Tradecraft underscore farms on Instagram. And they are the official cannabis provider of the Smoke Tire podcast. And I still can't believe I get to say that. Okay. On this episode of the show, car and driver's Tony Kiroga is not in the room, but almost in the room digitally. He is, we're going to talk about the Bugatti Chiron, which he tested for car and driver. It was the quickest car they've ever tested. Talking about lightning lap, talking about how to keep cars from the 90s running with frequent use and many other strange vibes. Tony's one of our favorite people. He, he really gets to do the cool instrumented testing that the rest of us in the industry who don't have those resources get to use as the backbone of our car reviews. We love the man. Car and Drivers, Tony Caroga on the Smoke Tire Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Zach. Just a quick note about today's show. We had some connectivity and audio issues with Tony during the broadcast. We addressed most of them before the show started, but his connection did drop out now and then during the call. Um, we remastered the audio, ran through some filters, and did the best I could to fix it. You can still hear all the information he's trying to give you. It doesn't really impact the conversation, but the audio quality is not what we're used to or what you're used to, so we do apologize. Please enjoy the show with Tony Caroga of Car and Driver. Welcome to the show. It's been, I don't know, I think it's been almost two weeks since we recorded a show, Zach. I was out of town, and um, what kind of sucks about being out of town is because I'm making a new show. I can't come back and have a whole all the things I did while I was out of town. I can't really talk about except at a very on a very superficial level, like what you've seen on my Instagram. While we're waiting for Tony, how nice is that photo that I got with the yellow brake caliper on the yellow line, like lined up so it it looks like look at the oh, yellow yeah. brake caliper. It looks like the road of the the painted line on the road just going like right through. Plus the yellow on the uh, the livery there, mm -hmm. yeah, it works out really well. That's like a perfect photo. It's a good shot. A car is delightful. Yeah. That's all I can say about it. New right. show on Haggerty. Called Delightful. 
I should call it delightful. And dropping in from Car and Driver is Mr. Tony Caroga. Look, I am, sir. Welcome in. What's happening? Guau Pants on Instagram. G. That's a G U A U. It's pronounced Wow, but it's G U A U. Wow. Wow. Wow is how dogs, it's like Bow Wow in Spanish. And my one of my former dogs was named Guau. Like if oh. you were reading a comic and the dog was barking, the talk bubble would say Guau. Oh, really? I didn't know that at yeah. all. I thought they were, I thought it was a silent G, like Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. That's the J. The J is silent in Spanish. I know that, but I thought I didn't know. I the problem is that I didn't really know it was Spanish. I oh yeah. It was, I knew it was like some type of Latin romance based something, but I didn't know it was Spanish. I had no idea what it meant. Now I know. Spanish. What's happening, brother? Welcome. Nothing. Good Not to much. see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Another day oh. working from home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, studio looks awesome. I'm sorry I'm missing the studio. I would That's have okay. been, I would have been in all of your recording outlets too. I would have been back in the Boogie Nights house. I would have been in the the studio by the beach, and then and then I would have been at the at the storage at the at the car store. You you place. will still you will have many opportunities to be here. Don't worry. It's all good. Well, it looks incredible. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm glad I'm not there. Um, I liked your Chiron piece. Quickest vehicle ever tested. Uh, Streetcar. Did you, how much beating the shit out of the Sharon did they allow you to do? Oh, I had it on my own. So they had a stipulation where um, if you drove in on public roads, you had to drive with their driver. Jamie, uh, who was very cool, actually. Yeah, we had a different race car driver. I can't remember who it was. Also a really cool guy. But he was there to like sort of supervise. But he let me just test it on my own. Um, so we test out at the Hyundai proving ground out in the desert Ooh. and yeah, it's insane how quick that thing is. Not, not so much to 60, right? Cause you know, stuff with yeah. electric motor, the linebacker and it does weigh like 4,500 pounds, 45, 44, I think it weighed when we weighed it, full tank of gas and everything. Um, but to 70, it's a sustained 1.06 G or 1.06 G. Yeah. It's crazy. And, yeah, in the let's see, in the I went 212 in it. Well, less than a mile. In what? Less yeah. than a mile? Less than a mile. In point uh, seven, in three quarters of a mile, it went 212. That's pretty wow. good for a streetcar. <laughs> wow, yeah. wow! Was that no? Was that so? Was that standing start or was that on their oval and like rolling into it? No, no, no! Standing start. Standing start. Zero sixty-eight was four four. The quarter was. What was the quarter? The quarter was fast. It was like nine four, I think, or something. It was middle, middle nines. Nine four at yeah, one fifty eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. going. That's going. Anyway, uh, was it this? Was that the sport? That was the sport, right? Jeez, yeah. That was dude. the sport, not the not the uh, not the not the uh, track one. I got. The, I drove the pure sport, which yeah. I think it might accelerate even faster, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little. Um. Oh, hello, animals. Was that? Was it? <laughs> it's a dog. Is that a dog? Awesome. Um, the uh, I actually, as I drove it, I mean, it was it is batch. It's obviously it's batshit fast. Um, but it what I I actually was kind of thinking the whole time is that at anything south of like eighty, its biggest 
competitor is something like a Tycon, which actually, because of the immediacy, does feel even quicker at, at a bunch yeah. of speeds, you know? Um, yeah, it does. I mean, electric cars don't have to downshift. You're always yeah. at the torque peak. Yeah. Right and there, it's, yeah. And it's when you have 16 cylinders and four turbos, it's not like you drive around at 5,000 RPM. It's not like, it's not like you drive around in boost at all times because that would be very and weird. We do, we do 30 to 50 and 50 to 70 passing times, mm-hmm. and it's mostly like the gearbox just taking its sweet time to downshift because it's got to deal with all this ridiculous horsepower. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was the acceleration from 100 to 200 that was just like mind blowing. I mean, from 100 to 200, it's as quick as a Type R, as a Civic Type R goes from zero to 100. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it's absurd. And from 100 to 160, it's as quick as like a 330 XI goes from zero to 60. Like, it's just, it doesn't even make any sense how fast the thing is. That, um, that Viper I drove on Sorted did 60 to 150 in five seconds flat. I wanted to talk to you about Sorted, because I, <laughs> I watched the East Coast ones. Yeah. The East Coast ones were crazy. And, but my favorite part of the episode, or my favorite part of Sorted was you take them to the track, and then they all start breaking like tuner cars are wont to do. And I enjoy that so much. Well, there is an inverse that. relationship between vehicles that are great for SEO and vehicles that work at track days. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. If, you know, it's, it's good entertainment, but if there's any consumer advice built into it at all, it's like buy a stock car and go to a track day with that. Well, yeah, and it's like to me, you know, there's some there's some hubris to tuners, right? They think that they can do better than the original manufacturer who has a full team of engineers and everything. And so when they blow up, you're like, yeah, I'm not that surprised. Otherwise, they probably would have built it that way. So in general, yeah. You know, at the at the finale, which just aired, which was filmed in Florida, we brought the, the, the Calvo Viper, which was the 2,000 horsepower Viper, this... Um, uh, assist Nathan Sissio's a uh, thousand uh, horsepower nine nine one Porsche Turbo, and then this Audi RS three that was like nine hundred of the tires. All uh, I mean the Viper I don't know about was kind of streetable. The t- Porsche and the RS three perfectly streetable actually, and around Miami Homestead Roval. The RS3 and the Viper, and actually all three of those cars beat our benchmark car, which was the Porsche 918 Spider. Huh. Now, could Whoa. they do it 10 laps in a row? Maybe, maybe not. But a warm-up, a flyer, and a cool-down at a, at a Speedway Roval, and all three of those cars did, in fact, beat the one-point-whatever-million-dollar Porsche you wow, know, from seven years ago. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. Right? I mean, that Porsche, that Porsche is ridiculously quick, just ridiculously quick. Plus, mm-hmm. it's got you know, it's got hybrid assists too. That's I'm shocked. Yeah. What I mean, happened? What was this? There was burnouts down the straight. <laughs> the the silver the silver Supra, right? The Silver yeah, Supra exactly. was built uh, in, by this mild-mannered guy in New York. His name was Mo. I don't remember the name of his shop. I'm sorry. But it was like 1,300 of the tires. You know, he has no aero. It's a slick body car, right? I think he said it was the only 
silver hardtop built in 1995 or something like that. You know, it's got slicks and skinnies, uh, and he says that it revs to 10,000 RPM, <laughs> and, and none of us believe him. And so he has, but he has his video on his phone that he's showing us of it actually revving to 10, and it's just like all the fucking way around, you know? And he, he encourages us to do that, and, you know, it'll, it does burnouts, you know, fourth gear, 100-plus miles an hour. Um, very crazy stuff, very crazy stuff. And that car, you know, all the... It obviously was not set up to handle with the slicks and the skinnies, but like, it didn't break. Like it, it worked ish. <laughs> it, has, it has suspension and everything. Drag car. It was a mile car. Okay. It was a mile car, and it probably. I bet you the car would run two hundred of the mile easy. Because once you the miles all about as Tony will tell you, it's about fourth fifth gear. You know what I mean? What happens in the first half of the mile isn't really important. It's not super yeah. relevant. Yeah. Right. It's all about your fourth fifth gear. Well, how fast did he say that thing went in the in the flying mile? I think he said it it did two hundred and a half. So that's what the Chiron did. Yeah, the Chiron, well, the Chiron did, did one ninety two point three and a half. That, for a stock car, that's unbelievable. <laughs> well, stock <laughs> is four million dollars. Yeah, for of course, right. no, no, of course, yeah, yeah. four million dollars, of course. But it's Tony, amazing. did you drive the LT the seven six five LT yet? The seventh? No, I didn't. We had that at Lightning Lab, but I didn't drive that. No, I didn't drive that. That's, that's supposedly I mean, that's that, the next run just below the Chiron, right? That's another one, and it and it's and did you see um, what's his name? The Drag Times dude. Do you see this shit? The Drag Times guy down in Florida got a seven six five LT, put down pipes and race gas. And um, drag radials on a seven six five LT and ran an eight nine quarter mile. <laughs> eight nine. <laughs> what did he trap at? Like oh, I don't know. Zach, how, Zach will have to. It was a. It's a ridiculous number. Yeah. Zach will. Zach will look it up when he's he's adjusting my camera right now. But when he sits back down, well, the, fastest, the fastest I've gone to proving ground. So the proving ground has a straight that's about. I would guess around 7,000 feet, between yeah. seven and 75 feet. So it's over a mile, but you have to, you know, these cars are going really fast, you need a break. Um, the three McLarens I tested all went 180 there. So they okay. were the quickest up until the Chiron. And they the all Chiron went 212? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and if, you pay, if you pay 10 times as much, you get <laughs> that, that's the difference. It's a very undramatic 212, too, I got to yeah. say. Well, what's, you know, that's what's so interesting about the Chiron is that is that when you're not going a zillion miles an hour, it's like an R8 in terms of like usability right. and comfort and space and easiness and like have a conversation and whatever. Like it's no more difficult to drive than an R8 around the street. Um, and then yeah, it's. That's that struck me about the Veyron too. It's sort of mm. like the ultimate Volkswagen product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such Volkswagen. It's very right. Volkswagen. Zach, will you look up the quarter mile and trap speed of uh, the Drag Times uh, tuned McLaren seven six five LT? I want to see that trap speed. It's in the one fifties for sure. That the what video is fucking guys moving. What did you think of the sound of the of the B of the sixteen in the in the Bugatti? 
You know, it still sounds a little like kind of plumbing. It's about that's a tired metaphor at this point, but it's got that echoey, just lots of air moving through very big pipes. On the outside, yeah, I thought exactly. it sounded cool, though. I thought it sounded like four small V8s, like kind of in harmony, just like this. It had this really almost monstrous. Yeah, like, monstrous is the know, right villi- word. Like sound. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the, cool. the, 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 the Pure Sport, which is the one that I drove, the the, the lightweight <laughs> one, um, you know, and it was not about the weight. What it's about is the close ratio gearbox, because with the close ratio gearbox, you're spinning the tires all the way through second gear, and it becomes very fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hard. Did you, you you did launch control starts? I take it too. Fuck yeah, dude! If you get yeah, a chance, I mean, if you get the chance to do it once, you got to do it twice. <laughs> I mean, it's like a break for impact sort of thing. You got to put your head against the headrest. You know, it's really it's yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. you got to get ready. For it. Yeah, totally. We've had a couple yeah, that the, the the Chiron and the the new 911 Turbo. Zach and I drove both. Sent my sunglasses flying off my head. That's the over. That's the over one G stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, we. I think the Chiron I drove revved to about twenty five hundred before dumping the clutch, before you know engaging the clutch, and we calculated that it's making five hundred forty two horsepower at that point already. <laughs> <laughs> and who it's knows a crazy car. It's a crazy car. I mean, and, you know, talking to, because I drove it, you know, with Jamie, right? And so I, I spent three hours in the car with this guy. And uh, I was just, you know, he was talking to me, not using names or anything, but about the types of people. Because this guy's job, which is fascinating, is not just to deal with members of the media like you and I, but customer drives as well. So the kind of people that get invited to test drive Chirons. And, you know, if you want to... If you qualify for this type of privilege to test drive Chirons from a from a customer perspective, they're bringing the car to you, you know, or whatever. And so he's talking about these guys who are really, really eclectic and interesting. And and he said it goes beyond like you know, if you were doing this for Lamborghini, there'd be so much ego. And he's like, these guys are kind of beyond that. They don't even really give a shit. They don't even go very fast. They just they just are happy that it's comfortable, you know. It's very interesting, but it's like the guy who makes, you know, wire coat hangers, you know, in Florida and has like six billion dollars, you know, because he's cornered the wire coat hanger market or something. Well, you would hope as a as the guy riding alongside him in a fifteen hundred horsepower car that these people would have plenty to live for. And I can't imagine a guy who has more to live for. (laughs) They don't they don't want their lives are pretty special. They don't want to endanger themselves in any way that. Is that was that it? Is yeah, that, this is the drag times car. Is it, maybe it was the Street Speed Seven One Eight guy, Seven One Seven or whatever his name. The uh, other okay. guy. Sorry, I apologize. Okay. The drag times guy ran a nine nine stock, and at one forty six in the LT. That's no, about right. Yeah. Just look up first seven six five LT in the eights, and that that'll get you there. Um, I don't know why I'm obsessing with this, but I want to know the trap speed now because I know it was one fifty eight in the Chiron. What else? Yeah, like, go ahead. Sorry, go. No, no. I was going to say the biggest thing I tested up until that point was the LaFerrari, which was like which was what? just under 10. It was like 9.8 or 9.9 at 100 high 140s or one low 150s. I can't remember. Maybe it was like 4 million bucks. Which cars, which cars got the goods for 4 million bucks? I, I'd probably go with the Ferrari, but the Chiron is so incredible. 
the Chiron's more livable, obviously, which is what yeah. you were saying. It's sort of a regular car. You just get in it, it starts, and you just drive it. It's just the speedometer goes to 400 miles an hour or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Well, what's really interesting about that pure sport thing is to get the close ratio gearbox going, they fucking whack 83 miles an hour off the top speed. <laughs> it tops out at 217. They're like, I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me you have one model car that has variants that have a spread of 83 miles an hour at their top speeds. Like, that's fucking well, that's nuts. Right. I mean, the gearing of the regular Chiron is is intergalactic i mean it's like you <laughs> yeah. know top here like you know 60 miles an hour at a thousand rpms but can go 280 or whatever that all goes yeah i do regret not taking it out on the oval hyundai has an oval and they're speed limited but I, it's a big oval i figured i could have gone out there and snuck in a nice 240 or 250 <laughs> before anybody noticed yeah that's my only regret <laughs> that's my only regret hyundai proving ground rules what a great place that is Oh, it's spectacular. Just having a proving ground is such a great thing. You just never have to worry. The times get all the times are all consistent and good. It's good. It's, good it's very nice. It's very nice. What else have you tested recently that's been a good time? Uh, I, had a, I had an M2CS manual. Have you driven? You've driven that? Oh, not that they interested. didn't give me the stick. They gave me the dual clutch, but I could still tell it was delightful. It's a sweetheart. But the whole time I had it, I thought I didn't know how it, how much it cost until you know, after I drove it, <laughs> yeah. you give it, you give it back and they go, wait, it was, how, it was how much Exactly. Wait, that price was the base price and not the fully loaded as tested press car price. And I have to add 15 K fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, a regular M2 competition is just over 60,000. So I thought special edition, it's probably in the low seventies. And I thought at low seventies, this is a world beater. This is an amazing car. And then I found out it was like ninety three or ninety four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, because that's that you know that's Cayman GT four money. Yeah, you're d- you're deep into Porsche land at that point. There's no no going back. You're not at once. You're knocking on the door of a hundred. You're no longer looking at front engine cars. Really, <laughs> you're kind of exactly. And the whole time I was driving the M two CS, I was like, well, do I want this or a GT five hundred, a GT three fifty R? You know, a Camaro SS1LE, a ZL1, a ZL11LE, all those cars are amazing and offer a lot of the same experience, better steering, amazing brakes. They're bigger, they're heavier, yeah. The M2 is smaller, but yeah, nearly 100000 It's very I, good, I but that's it. so much money. I mean, that's crazy. And every, there's ADM everywhere. Like, no one's doing sticker price on those things. No. And I get that, you know, there, there's resale in the limited production BMWs. Like, you know, one M still sells for what it, what you know, a lot of people bought them for. So that would have been I the best buy ever. Like, if you but, spent but fifty-five I mean, grand on that in two thousand and ten or whatever it was, that would have been yeah. the fucking move, wouldn't it? But maybe that's what people will say about the M2CS in ten years. I don't maybe, know. Yeah, maybe Probably not. Maybe that, you could have had free money, and if you had an M2, an original one M, you could have had. Uh, probably forty thousand miles free, totally free right. in that car. But in fabulous, exactly, in an incredible car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I put so twenty two hundred miles on the press car when I had it. I drove it fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how I felt about this car. I just, you know, like to get to testing, I go over Angeles Crest and Angeles Forest, and. 
you know, I'm, I have very little self-control. And I saw that it was on cup twos. I was just looking at the car, car and ceramics, and I was just like thinking like, it's going to be fun. But I was also like, I could get myself into a lot of trouble in this car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't, obviously. But, you know, it's just the capability is there. It, I, it's just a stunning, stunning car. I can't interrupt. That it was a very, very good, and that blue with gold thing they had going on. I don't know what color the one you got was, but we I had the blue and gold. It was fucking badass. Those wheels looked really expensive. The manual's white with the gold wheels mm. and carbon ceramic. Mm. It's really nice. It's I should. It's and probably the old interior. Like it's just great. I, I love that thing. I probably should ask BMW for it. Just be like, I should try the stick too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, the stick's what it's all about. The stick is fantastic for my car. Yeah, no, it is. It's very good. I get it. The super sweet, the secret, the secret I've been telling everybody about, this is not going to be a secret anymore, is that the 2017 F-Type V6 manual coupes, basically from the clutch back, are like BMW M3s. Uh, the gearbox is the same, and like they really feel a lot like M3s uh, when you shift them and stuff. And they're like, they don't compared. They were like one hundred and fifteen, hundred ten thousand dollars new, and now they're like forty, thirty five, wow. forty. Right. Really good car. That's a great car. I drove my mom's F Type all over when I was in Greenwich last week, and it was great. I forgot how good those cars are, especially at depreciated used prices. And I think I think the first gen of them looks really, really good. The refresh they is put like the other shit on them. Yeah, I'm not actually as into the refresh on the front. Mm-hmm. Profile's still great on the new ones. Yeah, but I think the front end on the first the refresh one's good either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never driven the manual one. Those are pretty rare. Those are probably not easy to find. They sold like twelve of them. But if you go onto Autotempest.com and you filter by manual, there's always there's all if you're willing to go, you know, more than just your town. Search, you can find them. Oh, right. Yeah, mean. yeah. You're willing to have it trucked in. Global marketplace, Tony. You got to do it. You have to do it. Not you have to go global. I'm not afraid to ship cars across the country. What are you driving right now? Uh, I just had an M550 X Drive that went away. And then I also had the VW ID4. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that thing. It's, um, it's an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like an electric car first and a vw somewhere like 10 oh like it's okay you, know, you drive VWs and they feel like vws they don't feel like anything else they're a little different and i was sort of searching for the vw-ness of the whole thing it's really quiet it's not quick because it only has 200 horsepower and like 238 pound feet of torque do they have multiple, have that multiple motor options or just just that's one one option it's coming. Okay. Uh, there will be an all-wheel drive one with the second motor. The other one is the regular one is rear-wheel drive, which is kind of interesting. But you know, dynamically, 200 horsepower pushing 4,700 pounds, I think it weighs. Yeah, isn't doesn't really create. Rear, I mean, the nice thing is the powerful front-drive electric cars. When you floor them in the wet or the rain or even from a stop, you get all this wheel spin. In the rear-drive VW, you don't get any of that, so you can floor it you know, pretty much any time you want and you get no wheel spin, which is something I do a lot. Because I'm a yeah, I mean, that's the good, the good thing about electric cars is that you can floor them all the time and not feel like they're right. beating the shit out of anything. It's great. And this one, you know, it doesn't have the snap of like a Tesla. Like it doesn't snap your head back too hard. It just doesn't have that much power. But, you know, hopefully the all-wheel drive one will fix that. Um, you know, it just, 
I don't know. It's just sort of left me like this could have been a Chevy, this could have been a Toyota. It just didn't really say VW to me. It's just a, a smoother bolt, kind of. Yeah, and you know they they picked the crossover segment, which isn't the most interesting segment in the world for me. Like small crossover, small SUV segment, which isn't a particularly interesting segment. It doesn't have a frunk, you know, which is what electric what? people like. I'm sorry, point. it doesn't have a frunk. What the fuck is up There's there? No Right, I, I agree. Like, why not put a little, at least some small cubby hole is there, up there? Is so there a that, spare tire up there so that you can have a better trunk or something? No, it's like a, um, it's like a '90s Ford Econo line. It's just like coolant and like you know a couple of other, a couple of other things are up there. But there's really nothing up there. Like an and, Acura no, NSX. This is just the Acura NSX of Volkswagen. Yeah, that seems like a for, missed for opportunity. I mean, Mach-E doesn't have a big frunk, but it's got a little one. It's got like a nice organized divided frunk for groceries and shit, which is actually kind of nice. And it's kind of something you expect of an electric car because there's nothing up there. So yeah. why not cap on that space? But but it has a huge cargo area. The rear seat's really big. Super quiet. Nice ride. Just, you know, I don't know. It just an didn't appliance. strike me as a VW. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there, me I feel like there's an opportunity for VW because like... Like, it's not that the their engines are what give those cars character. It's the ride and sort of, you know, stuff like that, the handling. And so if it's not doing that, they need to work on it, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's a, I don't know, maybe the 300 horsepower all-wheel drive one. I think it's going to be around 300 horsepower. All-wheel drive one will be more interesting. In Europe, they have the ID3, which is more of like a golf size thing. And mm -hmm. I've seen those, and those look... I mean, my tastes are a little bit more European than small SUV crossover. So, yeah, the ID3 is not going to be sold here. They're going for, you know, mass market appeal, which I guess is a Volkswagen trade. I mean, it is the people's car company, supposedly, but I don't know. It just struck me as could have been any other. A lot of other brands could have built this thing. It does look mildly generic. It's one of those things where if you covered up the badges and stuff in the front, it could pretty much be anything. Yeah, agreed. Like, who would know what it was? Yeah, I, I just mean, saw that cool-looking uh, Hyundai. Is it a Hyundai that new? They just announced. It's like a real cool-looking small crossover yeah. electric. It's They're Hyundai, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyundai design is Hyundai and Kia design is killing it. What's the What's the model called? That thing? Oh, it's the new Kona. It's just the new Kona. No, no, no. There's a different one. Is it the? Isn't there? I can't see what Zach's. Oh, doing. is it the Ionic, Ionic electric? Is that it? It's that photo on the oh, right, the top right photo, Zach. It's I, I saw it Ionic Five. That's it. Yeah, I saw it. Um, actually, I was driving back from Mammoth past the Hyundai Proving Grounds in California City and saw it driving minimally camouflaged on the 14. It looks like the concept, uh, like those drawings, and it looked awesome. It was a pretty cool right. looking little car. It had those I mean, wheels such, ooh, on it. Yeah. Though it had those wheels yeah. on the prototype. It was dope. Yeah, the Genesis and Hyundai, Genesis and Hyundai have been knocking it out of the park with their wheel designs too. That rear hatch design almost reminds me a bit of like was it the A1, I think? Oh, like Audi the, A1 yeah, Audi back A1. in the day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With nothing wrong yeah, with that. It was very cool to see on the street. It it had an, it had a really nice presence. It was dope. And I mean, that's an opportunity for EVs to define themselves by design, which is sort of what Tesla has tried to do. And the ID4 didn't really do that. I mean, they're just going after the mass market. They're going for 
people who will be buying their first electric car and don't expect an electric car to be different, but people expect their electric cars to be different and more interesting. And I don't know. Well, well that's what's so cool. Like what Lucid did is they recognized if we shrink all the mechanics, what can we do with the interior space and the whole thing? Mm-hmm. So that's why they have like that crazy drop trunk in the front with hedge two levels. Like they have all these different spaces. Like we have an opportunity to redefine packaging here. Yeah, and yeah. they really do. And, and like you said, Tesla did the same thing. They kind of like, yeah. well, what do we want our car to look like? Well, the best thing about, to me, the best thing about the driving experience of a Tesla that separates it from other EVs, because the best thing about a Tesla is just that it's an EV and that's a nice experience. But the low cowl to me, right, Tony, like the Model 3, like low cowl, it's like a McLaren cowl. You know what I mean? Like you can see on the ground right in front of the car. And like once you can get that low cowl back, it's like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of great. That's oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's like the '80s, early '90s Hondas, like a like an NSX, like an old Prelude, like all that stuff is exactly, wonderful. exactly. You just need to sell it to the mass market as a safety feature. And then <laughs> right. uh, did you drive Mach E? You did, right? I did. I drove a Mach E. I drove a rear drive Mach E. Um, did you enjoy it? I liked it a lot. I liked it. It wasn't like you know, it didn't blow me out of the water, but it also wasn't like the most powerful one that's coming. I like I, uh, the steering. I, like the, I liked it. Did you drift yeah, no, it? His rear drive? No, I didn't drift it. You kind of can a little bit. Yeah, you kind of can. Yeah. Traction yeah, off means one. off. It's it's good like that. Yeah, no, I liked it. I, I was kind of impressed by it. But I mean, you know, they've they've been doing hybrids and electrics for a while now, and I'm not surprised they did it that well. I don't know if it should be called a thing, though. Nah, the horse is the worst part of it. I actually think that, you know how you can get 911s and shit with badge deletes? I think they should offer a horse delete. Straight up. I thought they should have called it. I thought they missed an opportunity. They should have called it the Galaxy, and then whatever the range is, the Galaxy 250, the Galaxy 300, and then if the range is 500, they go Galaxy 500. That's very smart. I think I thought Galaxy or Astro, uh, not Astro. um, I thought they could have used Aerostar, and I thought they could have used um, what's the other one? What's the other? You said Lightning. Oh yeah, they had Lightning. You know, they had the fucking Ford Lightning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lightning would have been a great one to bring back. Um, Oh man, Aerostar would have killed it though. (laughs) Aerostar would be awesome. Maybe they bring back an EV van. It's Aerostar. That'd be fucking cool. (laughs) <laughs> when was the last time you yeah, saw like a clean arrow star? I mean, really like, well, I found one. So I, you were on the show, you were on window shopping, right, Matt? Yes. Uh, when we looked at that cars and Zach was on last week or two weeks ago, uh, we had a challenge. Uh, so this is a show, a car and driver YouTube show, basically a, a recorded zoom call. So don't get your hopes up too much. <laughs> um, but where we challenge, uh, you know, we have guests and we have editors and contributors and we challenge ourselves every week to find a different thing. And uh, the challenge was one of our, one of our, our managing editor wanted a car for his three kids and he wanted all wheel drive. He wanted to spend less than $5,000 and he wanted something fairly reliable. And I found him a 60,000 mile Aerostar for like four grand. It was no beautiful. way. It's <laughs> like fresh. It was a fresh Aerostar. It was and with all wheel drive. It was incredible. It must, you yeah. know, I wonder could I wonder if you could did I wonder if you could drive that like 
ironically, if anyone would get it. You know what I mean? Because like, there's a lot of cars that are like weird looking that you could drive ironically right now, and that would be cool. But like, I wonder if anybody would get it if you tried to do it with an arrow. If you drove that one I just found with the flames, people <laughs> yeah, would get it. They'd be yeah, like, do you yeah. sell pizza and weed? <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a tough sell. I don't know. They made manual ones too. I mean, essentially, it's a Ranger. It's a Ranger van. Yeah. But the the whole what the way that it looks from the A pillar forward is so tragic. Yeah, I don't think it's quite weird enough to be ironic. I think it's just like it's just boring. It's not like remember the you know the Toyota like uh, what was it called like the the potato van the sp- a Previa no 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 but the yeah, the, Previa, the yeah. one a few years before that was smaller what was it called um, it was like oh, a was just the van. Yeah, oh you just mean the, the, the Toyota the, the the cab over van the, the Toyota van. van yeah this this just Toyota van like that thing is so unfortunate looking that it's like oh someone's driving this ironically yeah well they're they're cool a cab over van is very cool now as is a Previa like yeah that like that like eighty six no, Toyota van exactly like here. We're starting yeah, to see one, these yeah. driven ironically in my neighborhood, the right-hand drive ones, because the Japanese market ones were kind of sweet. Like, they were like Delicas. Yeah, like this This is, you know, odd enough. Yeah, space van. This is oh, a, speaking this. of uh, van update, can I give an update to van life while we're here? So, Tony, yeah. I don't know if you've been following along, but you know I've, you know, we've got this Delica, my wife and I? Yeah. And uh, Delica, yeah. She, yeah, she got hit in it. And it was oh, been no. a fucking. She's she's okay. It was a low speed impact, but as one might expect, a cheap Japanese imported vehicle is great until you have to find a major component during a pandemic in which the Canadian border is basically closed to commercial shipping. <laughs> and so, oh, so to, to, in order to fix this thing, we needed a sliding door, which is six hundred dollars. And we needed to be. We need to have to get it from Japan, and to ship it is twenty five hundred dollars. So the shipping oh of God. major componentry across the Pacific could potentially total out the van. Having said that, there was an investigation done because the girl who hit Hannah, who had no insurance and no license, by the way, managed to get a hold of two attorneys. One who said it was Hannah's. And told one that it was Hannah's fault and Hannah should be responsible for damages and told the other one that she was injured. And we just got a letter from Haggerty, bless their hearts, at Haggerty Insurance because they fought on our behalf. And they basically wrote us a letter saying, we basically discover that there's no possible way that you could have caused any injuries to them. And if there's if they attempt any more litigation, like come back to us immediately and we're considering this closed. Wow. And they've admitted liability and they're in they're even though this girl had no insurance on this car, her mother had insurance on another car and they're covering it. But like oh. it's a fucking mess. It's been Whoa. a mess. Yeah, it's been a mess. A cheap Japanese car. I mean, look, Haggerty's covering it. It's not. There's nothing out of our pocket. But it could potentially be a place where a van that is mechanically totally sound and structurally totally sound, but cosmetically kind of jacked up, could just get totaled because it's just too hard to get the parts. That sucks. It would suck. You bought that one from Sean at I did. Uh, in Orange County, right? Yeah, uh, I did. What's his shot? Uh, uh, top going. rank but importers. Yeah. They're the best. Top rank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And can he find you another one? Or he can, he can. One? no, he could find me another one and and I don't you know, we've had this one for two years and if it does get totally written off, I'm not sure we would because we I I I I've ordered a Maki, actually. It's coming in like a couple weeks. Um oh, cool. but 
Yeah, but uh, so anyway, if if it does get total though, I could sell it as a you know a, a a project for someone. If someone wanted to buy it, you know, and wait out the pandemic, you know, you could you could fix it for cheaper. You know, once shipping reopens, you know, if you had somewhere to stick it or whatever. So I don't know if if somebody wants a project Delica, get at me. Maybe we'll we'll sell it to a fan or something if they want something to fix. But it works mechanically; it's perfect. It's only got forty six thousand kilometers on it. Sad to see it go. Some what I think could happen is somebody with like a three hundred thousand kilometer one could swap our entire powertrain and suspension into theirs relatively easily. You know. Right, and have a fresh van. Yeah, and have a fresh van. Or just swap their door. <laughs> Crush their van and put their door on ours, and you're good to that, go. That's, that's a much easier way. way. That might be the way to go. Totally. How's your 993? It's good. You know, I um, uh, one of the first things I did when emerging from lockdown was uh, Porsche invited me. Uh, Porsche Experience Center Los Angeles has a um, owner's um, driving school. So you go in your car, I think it's like $395 plus some like $50 damage or liability waiver or something. And you get an hour and a half of one-on-one instruction with, um, uh, obviously an instructor who does like lead follow. And then you do all these different courses there. Um, you know, all these different skid things. They've got the skid plate that you drive over. That kick plate thing is hard actually. Yeah. You know, the um, way that he got me to do it was to close my eyes. He was like, just go over it and close your eyes. And then Whoa. not trusting my eyes, I could feel my inner ear did it, and then I was able to correct it very easily. Which oh, I thought was kind of free. Yeah, I didn't need my eyes to do it. And then after after you do it once, you're like, okay, I can do this forever. Yeah, but um, that's not but, a good bit of advice for the street. <laughs> the secret to driving is to close your eyes. <laughs> If you hit black ice, just close your eyes and you drive with your steer with your inner ear. <laughs> yeah, the force is, is the lesson. <laughs> um, but in preparation for it, so they want you to have, you know, fresh brake fluid. They want the car checked out. They want enough brake pad. Um, and so I went through my whole car. I, I, I maintained my cars myself, so I did like an oil service on it. Uh, but... And I had old PS, not old, but I had, you know, pretty well used PS2s on it. And I was hoping to sneak it past them, but they caught on that my PS2s didn't have enough tread. So I had to buy new tires. So I bought, um, I bought Cup 2s. Oh, God. <laughs> and how are you, how long did it take you to regret that? That's a great question, Matt, because I did regret it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, what made me get Cup 2s is uh, I noticed that um, Roof's 964s and Roof's um, 993 Turbos, they have a 215.45 Cup 2 in the front. The stock size is 205. And so they do a little bit wider in the front. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Then I can get it to Cup 2s because there's no Cup 2s in the stock size. Um, but, yeah, and it's sort of, you know, I saw your video about swapping your camshaft out for a less aggressive cam yes. on your Safari car. And there's nothing truer than getting doing modifications to your car that make them better to live with uh-huh. is such a smart thing. And as soon as I was driving around getting hammered by these super stiff sidewall cup twos, I was like, <laughs> gee, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. 
I drove uh, Roof's Yellowbird, which is on Cup 2's now, Bruce Myers' car, which I can't tell you much about because it's for my new Haggerty show. It's going to be the season premiere, getting to drive Yellowbird on Closed Road. Lordy, lordy. But it uh, it does get the power down better than it did in 1987. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. yeah. There was no – I couldn't power oversteer my car anymore. Even mm-hmm. And you do – they've got a great, super fun course. I think you've done you've done their schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you just there's no oversteer. You can just hammer it as hard as you want. There's no oversteer. Um, it's still understeered a little because you know there's a huge stagger and there's not much weight in the front. But but yeah, it also the Cup Twos really improved the steering. I mean, the 993 steers really well, but now it's like next level. It's like getting close to elite levels of steering feel. So there's a benefit, but you know, I'd like to switch back to PS Twos. I'd like to get the Bilstein HDs off of my car, which make it way too stiff driving around LA and just do like, you know, the old man 993. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm quickly growing into. Is the Dude, my, I turned my Porsche into a truck. So, like, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm into this new Taycan t- Cross Turismo thing, too. I'm into it. Yeah, I think it looks, looks fun. Cool. It looks it like looks a good cool. time. You've driven the Taycan, haven't you? Yeah, I did Turbo S, 4S, and then I just did the rear-wheel drive base one, which was fabulous. The the $90,000 base Taycan is the real secret to where it's at because it still goes really yeah, fast. Did you drive the pink one? Yeah, Wasn't it like pink, pink berry, frozen <laughs> frozen berry something? Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was we, good. Alana Sher drove that for us, and she really, really liked it. I, I just love the way you feel on this the Taycan feels special when you're in it. Super low cowl. I mean, it feels almost like a race car. You can see the fender. Yeah. Like, it's just Your whole sunk thing. down in below the the top of the wheels. It's the only it's the only EV where that's like that. It's like a Cayman. It's yeah. great. No, I, I agree. I agree. And that's, that's a special thing that EVs can do that gas cars can't do. You go from Panamera to the Taycan. Obviously, the Taycan's a lot smaller, but just how low you sit and mm-hmm. what it feels like when you're inside of it. I don't know. I love it. I love it's it. a big difference. Taycan's love- much more like a Cayman than it is a Panamera, for sure. Yeah. 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 The school, but the school was fun. I mean, it's it's only an hour and a half. It felt like it felt like all the driving I wanted to do in my car. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun. In your and own you, car, an hour worried, and a half's a bunch. And if you're worried about going too fast, I mean, you can. It's lead follow, so the instructor's only going to go as fast as you want to go. And he's in a 9912. I'm in a 993. Like I'm not going to be going that fast. Anyway. So it's like it's like Canyon Road Plus is what I looked at it as. It's a good it's program a down there. Yeah, it's a good program. It's and the instructors are terrific, and they don't make you feel dumb. And it's great. Yeah, it's really Sean. Great. Uh, shout out to Sean Hayes, my instructor from the last time I was there. Oh, we got a bunch of questions from folks. All right, you want you got you got time for a couple of questions from the people, Tony? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First thing, uh, someone found the the trap speed for the seven six. Oh, there it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I don't driven by GD twenty eight. The seven six five LT managed an ET of eight point nine one six at one hundred and fifty seven point eight. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Rear drive, dude. <laughs> and he didn't do it in the engine except uncork the exhaust. Downpipes, race gas, and drag radials. Crazy. 
very crazy. Uh, NLD Mesa 06 says, Car and Driver provides the most comprehensive data sheets with each road test comparison. The data sheets don't show on your website. How do I look up past and current data sheets? So, yeah, we used to put them up on the website, but there's a lot of uh, things that have value there that um, different places were taking from us. Uh. And so decided to not have the track sheets in PDF form, but I will fly that back up the flag. I, I do. I love that too. You know, I, even when I'm researching, when I'm writing about something, I'll go on our site and I'll be like, where's the damn track sheet? Yeah. You know, I get frustrated. So I get that. And that's why, I mean, it's just, uh, I use your data in my videos because I can't get the data. And so, and I know you actually do it. So I just, whatever you're excusing people of doing from the website, I have done. <laughs> just give a credit if you can. Oh my God. Let's see. Yeah, it mean, still tests. I mean, Evans tests. Uh, Motor Trend still tests. Motor Trend does, yeah. 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 Uh, Here's an interesting one. Falcon 7 says, you have the power to change, create, or remove any three rules and regulations in the auto industry. What would you do and why? That's very interesting. All right, I got one. I I I would standardize the EV charging plug. I would, I would, I would deter, you know, and, and, and before anyone starts bitching about that, they had different fucking fuel fillers a hundred years ago too. <laughs> they standardized that shit. You know what I mean? Diesel and gas have different size fillers, so you can't do this. That's a standard. I would do that. Tony, what would you well, change? Well, a lot of that is Tesla wanting its proprietary chargers to give their customers a reason to buy a Tesla. True. But I think that that is counter- to the stated mission of Tesla, which is to get more people driving EVs of all brands, if you believe that they are on the up and up and being altruistic as they say they are, which of course they're well, not. But <laughs> I would get rid of, um, uh, you know, collision warning systems and collision warning and intervention systems are becoming mandatory in a few years. I would get rid of that crap because that stuff drives me absolutely batshit crazy. I hate that stuff. That's what a good else one. would I get rid of? Uh, I would say you can't use the term autopilot at this right. time. Right. Yeah. I would say no misleading terms mm-hmm. that are that are uh, concerning safety technology and and or hands free technology. Yeah, for sure. Must be marketed at face value with honest <laughs> terms. <laughs> I think I'd also get rid of, I'd also get rid of um, you know, most car manufacturers, as soon as you're rolling, you can't pair your phone via Bluetooth. You can't do any of the setting, oh. the entertainment system. Yeah. And I yeah. love doing that. I love, you know, if I'm, if I'm going, if I'm creeping around at five miles an hour in LA traffic, believe me, I can pair my phone just fine. I don't need to put the car in park. Fair. I'm not even- to add to that, to piggyback off that, we had this problem in the Corolla. If a passenger is sitting in the seat, the car should be able to understand that that's a passenger and let them pair the phone, punch in nav, change radio stations. Because right. the airbag knows there's a person in there. So it shouldn't lock yeah. out that screen if someone's sitting in that seat. Passenger access at speed wall, yes. The Tycon has would... the passenger controls for all that shit. And as does, uh, to a certain degree, Ferrari, but right. the Tycon's one is better. Yeah, the passenger, the co-driver remember, screen rules. Do you guys remember Mercedes used to have... Um, 
the the passenger could watch a movie and the driver would see the regular yeah. entertainment. Yeah, it was like one of those things that went both ways. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. What? But I would get around that. I would, put, I would just put like a backpack or, or I'd just sit my dog there so that I could actually – Back in the day, when I had my um, my my when I was selling drugs in college, and I had a drug dealer truck, I had a Mercury Mountaineer Premier all wheel drive V eight, three rows, and I got the Alpine flip out, and then all the TVs and the headrests, the whole fucking kit. But they wouldn't let you watch movies while you were rolling. You had to have the parking brake on, so they would all under the table. They wouldn't put it on your invoice, but you'd give them an extra two hundred, and they'd put the little disconnect on the on the on the dash so you'd fucking instead of, it would make it think you had the parking brake on so you could drive around and watch movies <laughs> <laughs> you'd hit the brake toggle the switch twice and then your then your movies would come up <laughs> that was good was there, was everything clean but the ashtray on your mountain here did i what was everything clean but the ashtray oh my <laughs> god dude mr cow big truck driver dude i fucking used to bump that track so loud in my Chinatown subs, dude. The MTX Thunder 5000s with that big chrome amp. I'm a big truck driver. Dude, I used to fuck with Mr. Cow, big truck driver. If you don't know about that song, people, everything clean but the ashtray. It's one of the best lines in any rap song about any cars. Everything clean but the ashtray. We and it's a show. great song. It's a rap song with a xylophone in it. It's a xylophone, <laughs> <laughs> it's a xylophone in it. <laughs> God, I am going to, you know, I've got the Bronco Sport this week. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'm going to bump the fuck out of big truck driver <laughs> Bronco Sport. <laughs> the xylophone solo is going to blow you away. You I forgot about it. No, Christian has to do a breakdown of this. I wonder if he can get the stems from big truck driver. <laughs> Oh, Chappie says, do I see a price bubble in the stainless Rolex AP and paddock markets bursting or keep it rolling? Prices are big at the moment. They are. The fucking pandemic. People who could afford to global travel and five-star dine every night can't do that shit. So they're buying watches, cars, all kinds of stuff. At the same time, uh, factories are at very low production. Rolex only produced 20% of their capacity in 2020. Mm. Really hard. If you go to a Rolex store right now, there will be like six watches in the store. They'll have a couple in the safe, but there's nothing good out. Is it a bubble? It isn't a bubble in the sense that it will burst because Rolex, AP, and Paddock have very tightly controlled inventory even in good years um other companies omega tudor iwc uh breitling uh, etc will make and sell as many watches as they possibly can they'll just crank them out as many as they can do roll these other companies rolex paddock ap they know better so even when they come back online they're not just going to be like wrap them up and just dump you know dump watches and tank the market paddock just discontinued. So the 5711 is a, the Paddock Nautilus. It was a watch with a 10-year waiting list. And they just discontinued it. They were like, er, cut them. And waiting list gone. <laughs> just uh, They were like, nah, because that's how G they are. Any Wait, company. They, they deleted the waiting list or they just sent they, everybody the waiting list? They don't list? make the watch anymore. <gasps> oh, my oh God. you were waiting for one? Tough shit. We don't make it anymore. 
You've been waiting for nine years? Tough shit. We don't make it anymore. Oh my God, this watch is 400 grand. They're the flip market. Well, they're, they're. Oh, that's eBay. So that's a, go back. That's a Nautilus. That probably a Tiffany dial. Go left on eBay, right? All the way on the left. That one. Oh, it's platinum. That's why. Okay. So the, the stainless steel one retails for 30000 But on the flip right now, they're 100000 So they're, they're selling at a 300% markup right now. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So it's nuts. I mean, it's crazy. The watches are definitely an investment asset at a certain level. I don't see the bubble bursting, but I do see it eventually settling as they start to get watch some more watches into people's hands uh, next year. Steven says, would the 997 Safari from Bring a Trailer that sold this week be a $120,000 driving experience? It seems like 10K in bolt-ons on a normal 911. Fair. Tony, did you see this car? Zach, can you find it? No. A 911 Safari on Bring a Trailer? No, I mean, a 997 Safari it. seems like a good time. That seems like, it's, that seems like a Safari style 2007. There it is right there. 120k is a lot for a 997 Safari, uh, but I haven't seen this listing, so I don't know. Hang on. Does it say who built it? Uh, it's it is pulling up right now, and it's going a little a little. Oh, well, it looks fucking pretty cool. Uh, it's got a really nicely molded front bumper. It's got a nicely molded light pod. It's got a roof oh, rack. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool looking. I Keep like going those down. wheels. The wheels are interesting. Yeah, what are those? It's got Ricardo's seats in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is pretty neat. Uh, it's a good-looking car. I like it. 60,000 miles. I mean, I don't know if that's worth 120 grand, but it might cost you 120 grand to build it yourself. You know? Right. HR I mean, 997 is what, like a $45,000 car? Yeah. Yeah. And those are HREs, so the wheels are 10K, you know? I don't know. It seems like a lot of money. <laughs> Actually, it, it does seem like a lot of money. Oh, those are very those Recaro seats that are in there are very expensive. Those seats are probably two grand each. Those Recaro Sportster CS. That's an expensive seat. That's a cool build, man. Props to that dude. Oh, it's got a shifter and hydraulic yeah, handbrake. Very, yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude! This thing rules. C A A C A E Ultra Shifter. Which is like that's fucking badass. This linkage, high rise. Wow. I'm a fan of this car. Whoever did this, and I hope they had fun. I hope they drove this properly before selling it. I don't. That's not 10k in bolt-ons. Uh, yeah, that's no. That's not 10k in bolt-ons. There's a lot. There's a lot of things in that in that car. I don't know if it's 120k. It's you know mar- whatever the market will bear. But that's a lovely build. Very cool. I bet that's a ride yeah, to drive. I would assume that basket's custom. I mean, there's probably some Look at that front. Look at the front bar, dude. That's 100% custom. Yeah, and Joey Seely, you know, he makes the bar for the Cayennes, and he said every one of them has to be made by hand, Mm -hmm. and they take a long time. Mm -hmm. So that is hand-bent, hand-welded. I just drove that RS4 thing. Can you go go to my Instagram real quick? I can't talk much about it. I drove a B5 RS4 Safari, Tony. A real B5 RS4. Turned into a Safari for my Haggerty show. Do I have a picture of it from the front? So it's tough to see there, but the bo- the bash bar on the front of that was milled from a 350-pound block of, of solid aluminum. What? That, ba- that bar weighs 13 pounds. It's solid aluminum, and it was milled from a 350-pound block. Jeez. Apparently, that bar is about $14,000, one of one. Why? Because this guy's nuts. But look at the car, Up though. Here? It's the fucking tits. 
That was fabulous. Oh, that looks like a lot of fun. It, I did it at Monticello's rally stage. The yeah. car will never be clean again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was melting snow and mud. It was fucking great. Um, no amount of ice cleaning will ever put that thing right. Uh, uh, Larry, you know who's cleaning it right now? Larry. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Poor bastard. Uh, Derek Dong, quick watch question. I'm looking at my first Grand Seiko, Spring Drive, or High Beat. Uh, Grand Seiko makes three movements that are really uh, horologically important. Uh, the High Beat is a fabulous automatic movement. It's really, really well finished, very, very accurate, and it's called a High Beat because it oscillates at a very high beat rate. Okay, the Spring Drive is a totally unique movement. Only Grand Seiko makes it. They they came up with the technology. It's incredibly accurate. It's an it's a it's an electromechanical hybrid that behaves like a mechanical watch except there is no tick tock the sweep of the hand is perfectly smooth right which is amazing and then they have the 9f quartz which is a fabulous quartz movement but i'm not that into it i would get a spring drive for my first grand seiko but any grand seiko is a very good grand seiko back to cars oscar uh wants to know if you had to pick one radwood era car or older that they were going to bring back uh, a modern version, what would it be and why? Tony? Uh, Corrado VR6. Yeah. There you go. That's very good. That's a good the choice. All-wheel drive, like a Golf R, but as a Corrado, all-wheel drive, maybe even some sort of V6 or even that i5 turbo that's in the RS3. That would be cool would as hell, like wouldn't that. it? Yeah, like if, they did a a, if they did an, a, an MQB five-cylinder Corrado, that would be the shit, wouldn't it? That would be fucking sweet. No one would buy it, but I would love it. And it yeah. would cost $6,000. Yeah, it would. It. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the Chevy Beretta uh, make a comeback. Nobody loves the Beretta but me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the four, the four cam engine they had, the Euro <laughs> Z, Z34 or whatever the fuck it was. I would, I want, get me, get me, a, I want a car that flagrantly trademark infringes an Italian gun manufacturer. Give me that. Yeah. We had a Beretta versus Beretta uh, comparison test back in 88. And then the magazine also, I forget what it was. I think it was the Beretta GTZ that had the high revving quad four. And they, and they, at the time, the whole test just talked about how this was a poor man's E30 M3. (laughs) You know, kind of is. Yeah. In hindsight. Sure. Okay. I liked Berettas, dude. I was about them back in the day. I really was. They were cool. Never seen the Beretta touring car? No. Dude, pull up the Beretta. Was it an IMSA? It might have been Beretta IMSA or Beretta. I don't remember if it was touring or IMSA. Uh, When I started dating my now ex-wife, she had a Beretta GT, and she despised it. (laughs) Beretta IMSA GTU race car for sale. Sold for fifty thousand. Oh, just go. Is it? Oh yes. <laughs> How do you not love that? I mean, look at that. That's fat. That's fat. Yeah, it's, it's a frame car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Beretta part is the front. You know, two inches. I really like the Oldsmobile version of this IMSA car that had the, they kept the totally vertical rear windshield look. Yeah, that thing was cool. We pulled that before. Yeah, that thing was awesome. Oh, that's fucking. Oh, I bet fifty k. That's a lot of car. 
Um, well, someone requests that we keep the fucking audio nonsense in the edited podcast. I don't think I don't they're going to appreciate that. that. Uh, Trevisio says, is the BMW E34 secretly the best five series? I've always ignored them, but now they're strangely appealing, especially the wagons. Tony, your thoughts? Um, we just did an episode of that window shop show where I was thinking about replacing my Miata. So I have like a $5,000 Miata. And I wanted an interesting driving experience. The thing I don't like about the Miata is build quality and structural rigidity. Right. So I, I found an E34 manual 520, 525 with the, what was it, the M50 engine. Yeah. So like 180 horsepower manual. And I would buy that car. It was like just under 10 grand, 50,000 miles, like perfect. I would absolutely buy that car. I think, I don't know if this is go, go, going on still because I don't keep up with this, but for the first six, seven years of Lemons racing, the winningest car of all time was a, a E34 5 Series that would smoke fools. And it was not an M5. It was like a 535i. And it won. It won like an enormous percentage of Lemons races. It's a good platform. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Harris yeah. has one he loves. Yeah. He had like an M5 wagon built or something yeah. like that. In my opinion, the E39 is the best M5 is the best five series. But that's just my opinion. I agree. I like the E39. Yeah, I had a E39 uh, 546 speed. Which See, that's a good one. That's a good one. In all in all ways, it's a better car than the E34. But the E34 is like closer to that old BMW-ness. Like the build quality is ridiculous. Like it doesn't have the complex electronics. Um, but the difference between an automatic uh, E34 and a manual E34 is like, don't even bother with the automatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the automatic back then just take all the power. They didn't have variable valve timing, so they don't make any power down low. The automatics hate that. Like automatics add two seconds to the zero to 60 roughly on all of those cars. So buy the manual, buy the manual for sure. By the way, don't you have that? Do you still have that awesome E30 convertible? Yeah, I still have that. If yeah. you ever want to sell that, call me. I love that thing. That thing was awesome. I might want to sell it. Really? If let, me want, know, I, let me know I'm, if you do. That thing is sweet. I'm getting the itch to buy something really dumb. Oh, so. how dumb? I don't know. Not Delica with a broken door dumb. But oh, I was yeah. hoping you were getting there. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be that dumb. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, David Steinauer says, TST introduced me to mechanical watches, the session, the dollop, comics, journalists, Seinfeld, grid life, and a better appreciation for Pearl Jam. Thank you. Thank you for, for whatever the donation you made was to say those words. I appreciate that and saying those words. Uh, Mark Bass says, can we identify Billy Mays' watch in the OxyClean commercial? If we uh, if we find it, maybe I can. Let's go. While Zach's screen? looking, what's the next question? I need probably need a full screen. Uh, Vlad Tataranu says, I'm considering a BMW i3 as a city-slash-country runabout in Scotland. It's a bit of a specific question, but do you know how different the i3S is compared to an early regular i3? Tony, Tony do you? Because I don't really. Minor. Minor? It's a minor difference. Yeah. I mean, they have like, I think they have a slightly wider tire and uh, they retune the, the suspension a little bit, but it's essentially the same thing. I, uh, I've only ever driven one i3. I liked how it drove, 
but I, uh, for especially considering how it looked, <laughs> it drives better than it looks. Uh, and I like the interior a whole lot, but I, um, I don't know the difference at all. So thank you for filling us in. Oh, okay. Here's uh, the photo that the photo of Billy Mays. It's a watch with an orange dial. Oh, boy. It's a very small photo. It's a tough photo. Jesus Christ. I don't know if I can. Uh, oh, wait. Hang on. I'm going to get up and look at the screen. Hold on one second. <laughs> That's really tough to tell. I don't know. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. If there's a, someone in the chat that actually does know. Zach might be literally able to Google what is Billy Mays watch. There it is. Go on the go on the Yelp top right there. Let's see if the internet solves this. It'd be funny if me searching the if internet it's the same, solves if it gets the same solved. thing. That's very funny. Uh, it doesn't say nobody. Nobody has found it. That's from 2012. Oh, it looks. I was going to say it's a Doxa. Doxas are 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 dive watches with orange dials. Orange dials. It could be also be an Omega Planet Ocean or something like that. Oh, an orange dial Seiko? Maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know. That's a tough one. It's a fucking, it's a very tough, it could be, it could be a Seiko, could be a Doxa. I don't know. I'm sorry, I can't help oh, you. Well. Anyway. That is it. Uh, Tony, lightning lap, anything to sell us on that? I know it's a little late because the issue came out last month, but... Any highlights to share with the folks this year? Yeah, the 765 was the quickest car. Not a big surprise this year. That was the most powerful car and, and uh, you know, best power-to-weight ratio car that we had this year. Uh, GT500 was crazy quick. Um, what a lovely car that is. The GT500 rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get to go. This is the first year because of uh, our parent company's travel restrictions and my desire to not drive across the country. I probably should have in hindsight. Uh, <laughs> in I, hindsight, it's like I, I didn't have anything else to do. I might as well have. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, what was I doing that was so important? Um, and, you know, missed out on this. But, you know, I, I've done this. I've done it for 10 years. I've yeah. probably done... I think I've done 69 cars for time there over that period of time. So That's cool. Maybe I've done it a little bit. How did the uh, Taycan Turbo S do there? It did great. Um, it actually survived, unlike the Model S that we had, I think, four or five years ago. It can do an entire lap without overheating the battery. And <laughs> this is a long track. This is a four, we run a 4.2-mile configuration, so this is not like a short track. Um, and it, it was really quick. It was like about as quick as a M5 competition, so not a slow EV. That's really fast. Obviously, I mean, in the canyons, that thing was basically as fast as I could drive. I mean, I I don't think oh, yeah. I could personally go any faster than I went in that car. It was crazy and how fast that thing is. What was interesting was Dave Vanderburg drove that for time, and he got into it on the first day. And usually you get into you know a car on the first day, and you generally learn it. And by the second, third day, um, you just get quicker. Dave barely got quicker. I mean, you can jump into that car and go as fast as it can go, as fast as you want to go. And that just speaks to how well it handles and how, how nice it is to drive. Uh, we had the C8 which was um, sort of a different animal than an earlier C8 we'd driven at a track. This one didn't understeer nearly as much. Um, it ran like a 249, which is about four seconds quicker than the C7 with the Z51 package. I mean, that's pretty um, good improvement. Four seconds is a shitload. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, some of that's modern tire. Some of that is the C7, Z51 was – I drove that – I don't know whenever the car was new five years ago six years ago yeah 15, and it had 2014 or 15 
Yeah, it had like a massive uh, meltdown, and they, the GM engineers couldn't get it to come back. It had some like massive like electrical meltdown, and the car just died. So I didn't get to drive it on the third day, which is when we usually set our fastest time. So I think there maybe was another second there. But still, this is at least three seconds quicker than the than the uh, than its predecessor. So mid engine, mid engine works. I thought Z fifty one C eight on a track was a lot of fun. It's a fucking great. I mean, great platform. It's it actually feels underpowered for what it. I mean, it feels like if they'd had an extra two hundred horsepower, it would just be no problem at all. You know. Exactly. Like, yeah, just a spectacular chassis, great handling. I can't wait for the Z06. That's going to be so fucking dope. It's we had cool. a uh, turbo S. We had a turbo S, which was just on, um, you know, most of the really fast stuff. The stuff that's under 250 is on, you know, Cup Twos or some exotic tire, you know, uh, Corsas. This was just on the regular, you know, standard. Um, just P zeros uh, or something, right? Yeah, the, the PZ4, which is the latest P0. And it's a Porsche spec tire, so it's a special P0. But still, I mean, that is the fastest time we've gotten out of any car with, you know, non-track tires, which is just shockingly good. Yeah, That's the really Turbo S is bad. I mean, it's batshit fast. It's really my only knock against the Turbo S is that for the dollars compared to a Carrera S, the... The numbers go up much faster, but the sensations are largely the same. You know, it, it, it's it's just it's just the same music played at a different volume, really. Um, and you know, the, the the Carrera S still feels most of the time real fucking fast. You know what I mean? So the value isn't quite there. But then you go to a track, you know, and the numbers are like, oh shit, wait, this thing is like actually like insanely fast. <laughs> no, it's crazy quick. Um, I think the the 765 set the fastest speed on the straight. I think it went over 170 or so, which is pretty ridiculous. Great, yeah. So you're breaking into one at 175. So the 765 okay. for twice the price of the 911 Turbo is four seconds quicker around the track? Right. Yeah. And the Senna... Quickest car we did there ran a 234, I think five. So Senna is that much more expensive and four seconds quicker. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could drive around a track four seconds quicker than a Senna than a 765 could go around the track. You know what I mean? Like that car goes like, as fast as I can think. It? You know? No, it's crazy. It's I mean, it takes it takes a while to build up to that ridiculous speed. Casey Colwell drives the ridiculously quick stuff. I'm usually too much of a wuss to want to do it, but I, I'll, I've done in years past, like the, I did the Corvette ZR1. So I've done stuff in the 30s, but um, he, he really enjoys it in a way that I don't. So I let him do <laughs> The uh, When I had a 720S at uh, Cal Speedway for a track day, just an open track day at Auto Club's regular comfort spec car. Nothing's, not, I mean, it was special because it was a 720, but it wasn't a, anything special beyond being a 720. I saw 182 miles an hour on the front fucking straight at Cal Speedway. And you can get into one of those for like 225 grand right now, which is just, oh, they, I think, yeah, it's not confidential information. Uh, <clears throat> there was a, a, a like a, uh, informational phone call about Haggerty's commercial insurance, and they uh, and they, they was a they were just like, 
rattling off some fun facts. And one of the most fun facts was that uh, the 720S is the most written off supercar. They write off one every single week. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. It really is it too is fast. fast. People can't drive them. Yeah. No, it's too fast. And it's like you don't even realize how fast you're going. Yeah, it's crazy town. It's so fucking nuts. Um, Tony, we have to end the show because Zach has to go to PT for his uh, spines uh, after this show, and he has an appointment with the back people. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check out Car uh, Lightning Lap. It's up online now. It's a great long read that I really enjoy. And uh, anything coming up you want to promote? Um, yeah, watch uh, watch our series Window Shop on YouTube. Zach was on. Matt, you were on uh, earlier last year. I'll do it again if you like. I'm back in town the second yeah. half of this month. I'll come up with a good challenge for you. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. It's really funny. Um, you actually learn a lot about cars. I mean, I, I would guess that maybe somebody might learn a lot about cars. But yeah, man, inspired you do. I did. It's fun. Inspired by your podcast, you know, it's just a conversation among friends. And that's what makes your podcast great and magic. And I try to emulate that on this show, too. And it's a lot of fun. Thanks, buddy. It's over at Car and Driver's YouTube channel. And if you go to, uh, is it youtube.com slash car and driver? It must be. Uh, uh, you just, it's right, it's the first playlist right up on the top there. Um, yeah, and of course, Guau Pants. It's Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It was great talking to you. Guau Pants on Thank Instagram. You. I appreciate your time. Car and Driver is a great magazine. And please give me the password so I can continue to steal your data from my reviews because I need them. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. That is uh, that is our show. We uh, appreciate all of you in the audience, all of you who are donating. Um, and also on, the, on a maintenance uh, thing, I think we're going to do this subscription thing. Memberships. Memberships thing on YouTube. People ask how they can support whether it's through Patreon or whatever. They don't always want to buy T-shirts. I get that. So I think we're going to do this memberships thing, which will allow you – it's going to be like a couple dollars a month, very small amount of money, and it will basically be your ticket to not only the live show, but the – it's your. It's going to be an escape route from. Hey, you took the live show down. Now I got to wait two weeks. You will have the password to continue watching that broadcast as soon as it ends. You will not have to wait. So we will be offering the behind-the-scenes membership, so that the live broadcast for you is the permanent broadcast, and you get to bypass that. It'll also be a zero ads experience, totally ad-free. Uh, because the live broadcast, we record the ads later at home. I don't do them now. So that's going to be a thing. Look out for it. It's going to be a very small number of dollars per month. A lot of you donate way more than that in the Super Chat. Um, so, yeah, that'll be that'll be coming up once we figure out exactly how the system works, which we're working on. All right. Is Tony still there? Did he go? He's here. He's there. All right. Thanks, Tony. We appreciate you. Uh, have a great night. Have a good weekend, everybody else. And uh, we'll see you later. That's our show. Bye.